This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hello, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host for Real Presence Live, coming to you from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota. We have a wonderful hour coming up. We will be visiting with Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary, as well as visiting with the Bishop of Winona, Rochester, Bishop John Quinn, later in the, uh, later in the hour. But before we jump into the segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area. You can find a podcast if you've missed one of the daily shows. You can submit prayer intentions and a whole lot more. So be sure to check it out at realpresenceradio.com. That being said, we want to move into our next segment. Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary, is here on location with us. Monsignor, thanks so much for taking time to be with us today. It's good to be with you. Thanks, Father. Wonderful. Today we are talking about... um, Sister Thomas Welder, who recently uh, passed away, uh, so um, just to kind of frame our conversation, a lot of affection, I would imagine, to speak about Sister, but also sorrow, uh, because it's so recent, her passing. Um, so we'll jump into that, uh, an icon of the University of Mary, Sister Thomas Welder, but um, can you tell us a little bit of, about her? Yeah, that's a that's a difficult question uh, because she was a larger than life figure in many ways. Uh, Sister Thomas uh, grew up here in Central North Dakota and uh, uh, was a leader in so many ways that she grew to become probably one of the wet, most well loved people in the Upper Midwest. You know, her her portrait hangs in the Rough Rider Hall of Fame in the state capital of North Dakota, uh, respected all over the place, not simply in the world of Catholic higher education. But also here on the prairies, uh, she was a person of profound uh, spiritual insight, of deep cultural depth, of surprising humility. Um, And uh, she led the University of Mary in 31 years. So she was the longest serving female president of a college or university at the time of her retirement in the history of the country. Wow. She had led for 31 years here. She came in 1978 and uh, retired as president. Uh, in 2009 when when I came as president and I appointed her as president emerita and she spent the last uh, 10 years here uh, working still for the University of Mary doing mission advancement giving talks all over the place I I think um, and so the the best I can do father is uh, to to say that one of the one of the central principal themes of her life was the theme of servant leadership. And so now people are talking about servant leadership all over the place. Right. And it's in their strategic plans, and it's become something of a, of a catchphrase. Um, and that's, that's dangerous with a concept because it can be emptied of its value then when it becomes right. cliche. But Sister Thomas, very, very early on, uh, was all about servant leadership, and she made it part of our culture here at the University of Mary. And she focused it not on sort of vague... Uh, themes, but upon the gospel of Jesus Christ. She always pointed to the fact that the, the, the Lord Jesus on the, on the night before he died mm. washed the feet of his, of his apostles mm. uh, because he wanted to impress upon them in that moment, that epic moment in the history of humanity as our salvation was upon us. He wanted to ha- emphasize that, uh, that to lead is to serve and that if we want to be truly great, we have to get over ourselves. We have to set aside ourselves and our own ambitions, and we have to find those who need our gifts, our, uh, 
our qualities, our talents more than we need them, and we need to pour our lives out in service to them. And so Sister taught that to all of us here at the University of Mary, but she also lived it in a phenomenal way. And I think that that was, that was part of the impact that she had. There was a profound holiness about her in the end. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I've, I've came to the university uh, a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard people speaking about servant leadership a lot, and I had heard about it out in society, as you're yeah. saying, it, it has become such a popular thing. And so I guess when I arrived here, I mean, I'm just speaking sort of simply at this point, uh, I just thought, oh, University of Mary has caught on to what the rest of the world is doing sort of thing. You know, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know any different, right? Uh, but then I started to get to know your leadership. I got to start, I got to know Sister Thomas a little bit and her legacy, even as she's a living at that time i like oh no this wasn't uh this isn't the, <laughs> the empty catchphrase this has been inculcated here for a very long time yeah i think oftentimes father people talk about servant leadership and what they mean is kind of wimpy leadership <laughs> they, they mean uh you know rather than uh taking charge rather than making decisions uh what a leader needs to do is just facilitate a lot of conversation collaboration mm-hmm. dialogue all of those types of things um, and, and those things can be valuable because it's true that it, it's not good for a leader sort of to stomp around and give orders. Uh, at the same time, uh, leadership needs to uh, exude a sense of confidence and strength. Sister Thomas had that quiet confidence and strength, which comes from tru- true humility and from knowing who she really was. In other words, uh, she understood herself to be uh, a disciple of Jesus Christ. She understood herself to be a Benedictine sister. Her her connection with her community of Benedictine sisters and her life of prayer and service and community, which arose out of that, was fundamental to her, her identity. She was a daughter of the prairie. In other words, uh, she she understood that uh, here in the Dakotas, uh, there's a there's a spirit of place. Uh, places are important. People are important. Mm. Uh, uh, humility is important. Mm. Uh, and so she had both human, sort of human qualities of humility and then that supernatural quality of humility too. Mm. And so uh, her leadership was strong leadership. It wasn't wimpy. Uh, and yet, uh, in the midst of it, uh, it, it, it's the kind of leadership, of course, it's Christ-like leadership, which really warms hearts and attracts uh, lives and, and inspires a, a sense of self-gift and self-sacrifice that the leader has to, has to really be serving in large ways and in small ways, in hidden ways and in ways that are clear to the world all the time uh, and that it's about putting others first. It's about uh, the strength of, of saying no to yourself mm. and to your own selfishness and, and self-regard again and again and again, such that then there's, uh, there's a, 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 a strong sense among those that you're leading that you're in it for them mm. and that, that they're important to you and that, and, that, and, that, and that you draw your, not your power, but your authority. And that there's a difference between mm-hmm. power and authority. Uh, it, it's, not about, it's not about titles. It's about the respect that comes when people know that you're willing to do anything for their flourishing mm-hmm. and for their good. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is, is the authority of Christ. Uh, that's how he serves us uh, in our own lives through the sacraments and our lives of faith. Yeah.
Thank you. Uh, everybody, this is uh, Father Craig Vosick, your host. I'm visiting with Monsignor James Shea, President of the University of Mary, and we're visiting uh, in this entire segment, actually, about Sister Thomas Welder, who has recently passed away, uh, an icon uh, from the, the University of the University of Mary of the Upper Midwest, the state of North Dakota, as Monsignor has shared, just continuing to speak about her life and her legacy. Um, Monsignor, I Again, I mean, I'm new to the university. When I walk around, uh, I see Welder Library, and I'm very dense, uh, so I didn't actually know that that was named after Sister Thomas Welder at first. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, but then I came to know, no, this is named after Sister Thomas Welder. And I was thinking, but she's still alive, you know, at the time. Like, she's still alive, but the library's named after her. I was like, this is, what's going on here? This is, like, amazing. And I go around, and I see other things uh, over by where my quarters are. There's a, a little garden uh, with a little placard with a picture of Sister Thomas Welder. Uh, and it speaks about it. It's like, and so the, her, I, I guess I don't even know how to phrase the next question, but her, her legacy uh, began while she was still here uh, in a deep way, it seems, uh, I don't know, maybe just to speak into who she was or she, how she conducted herself uh, here at the University at Annunciation Monastery that, that would just r- lead to these sorts of things. Yeah. You know, the, the, the library is an interesting story. It was okay. built before I came, and so she was still president okay. when it was named for her. I, to my memory, she opposed that pretty uh, energetically. <laughs> I can imagine. But the, um, the, the, the donors who sort of rallied around the project, the university needed a library, and Sister wanted it to be at the center of the campus because she felt that, a, that, that a, there should be chapels at the entrances of our great buildings mm. and that at the center and the heart of a Catholic university, there should be a library. And so Welder Library has more than 80,000 volumes, including the integration of the collection of Cardinal Minch Seminary, which was yes. a gift of the Diocese of Fargo yes. uh, to, the di- to, uh, to the University of Mary at the time when Cardinal Minch closed. And so we yeah. have the rare collection of books and, and the other philosophical and theological volumes mm-hmm. there. Uh, but the donors who rallied around the project of the library said, we'll build it, but, but it has to be named for Sister Donna <laughs> or we won't give the money. And so that was a conundrum for someone like her who would have preferred not to be honored in that way. The small patio that you, that you mentioned was a gift uh, primarily from Montana, Montana Dakota Utilities. She served on the board of directors for, for MDU and... Um, uh, and that was an amazing thing to have a religious sister vowed to poverty, serving on the only Fortune 500 company in North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, or Montana. Uh, in other words, that, oh that's something to, to consider. And, yes. and that's the kind of authority uh, that she had in the end. But I will say this. Um, her, her greatest contribution, in addition to everything, is that she had a philosophy of education and I'll never forget, when I became president, one of the most memorable things that she said to me is that at all costs, we can never forget, we can never forget that every single student who's entrusted to our care has an inner life hmm. and that we're caring for that, hmm. that the souls of our students, that, that their emotional lives and their spiritual lives and their intellectual lives, everything that's going on inside of them, which is a deep reality, is tr- profoundly precious. And that if, if, if a student like that is entrusted to our care, that we have to take deep uh, thought for how the culture 
in which they're growing and learning will affect them in the long term. And so she always said, we measure our success at the University of Mary by the success of our graduates. She didn't mean it in terms of worldly success. She meant that the formation and the education that students receive here is meant to so leaven their hearts, so transform their minds and their souls that they're able to go out into the world and to make a profound difference by carrying the care and the, the tenderness that they encounter here mm. out into the world and offer it as a gift to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monsignor, thank you so much. We're going to take a short break here. We'll come back and talk more. Uh, this is Father Craig Vosick, your host, visiting with Monsignor James Shea, President of the University of Mary, speaking about the life and the legacy of Sister Thomas Welder. Stay with us. Uh, we'll continue right after this break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Father Gabriel Wawero from the Diocese of Duluth. I've been a priest for 12 years in the United States. I am very happy to be a priest. I have watched many people receive peace because of a priest. Many times I meet people in grief. I meet people who are suffering. I meet young people who have lost their way. And as a priest, through prayer, through sacraments, through counsel, I have seen the peace of the Lord in their hearts. I believe every one of us needs this peace. And as a priest, we are able to bring that peace of the Lord to, uh, to, them, to them, whether they are on their sick bed, whether they are grieving a loved one, or whether they have been hurt by someone else. I love being a priest. And I think everyone, every young man out there, should consider becoming a priest to bring the same peace the world needs so much today. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. and We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everybody. Father Craig Vasek, your host. For this edition of Real Presence Live, I am joined by Monsignor James Shea, the president of the University of Mary, and we have been speaking about his predecessor, Sister Thomas Welder, uh, who had a 31-year tenure as uh, president of the University of Mary, uh, who who passed away just this past month. And we're, we're taking this... Um, 
segment simply to talk about her uh, her life and her legacy. And it's uh, it's been a beautiful first 15 minutes, and we'll continue now into these next 15 minutes. So, uh, Monsignor, we were talking about uh, Sister Thomas and the, the kind of the shaping of the university and, and her, her, her living legacy uh, as she was here. Um, how she impacted the University of Mary, uh, something we could learn from Sister Thomas. Maybe we want to just move into talking about some of these key attributes that people might say uh, or, or ought to know about her with regard to, let's say, hospitality or her deep ability for listening and being attentive to the other. Maybe just to go into the, to that realm for a moment. Yeah, so the, those themes, Father, of course, arise out of the rule of St. Benedict. So mm. she was a Benedictine sister, lived her whole life as a Benedictine sister. I'll never forget in all my life... Uh, the the last time she and I went to Fargo, because we did quite a bit of traveling together, sister and I, and the last time we went, there was a One Million Cups event in Fargo where uh, I was able to interview both Sister Thomas and Gary Theraldson, for whom our business school is named. And Gary is the only billionaire in North Dakota. You know, he's built this massive uh, hotel empire. And for me to sit there and to watch the two of them together, North Dakota's only billionaire and a woman who's lived her whole life as a monastic, in, in a life of religious simplicity and poverty was an ex- <laughs> <laughs> it was an extraordinary <laughs> contrast and experience but then I was able to see how she was able to have influence and part of it is that she did really live and exude uh, the principles and the rule one of those is hospitality we were talking a little bit uh, during the break about the way that she just busted the doors of the university open to the wide world mm. and she wanted to make sure that people could come here to our campus and feel welcome whether they were students or not. We had the annual prayer day, uh, which was implemented under her tenure, Hmm. uh, and many other kinds of events. Also, she was intent that adult learners who might be midway through their careers would have an opportunity to advance in their education. Hmm. So, for instance, she founded our campus out in Fargo, Hmm. where eventually we had more than 400 students who were taking classes, even though NDSU and and Moorhead and Minnesota State uh, University can uh, I'm sorry, Moorhead and Concordia and NDSU mm-hmm. were all out there in, in, a, in a community that's saturated with higher education. She was able to do something different, different by offering classes uh, in the evenings and on weekends, that kind of thing. Yeah. So she, hospitality was very key to her. That was connected to this other quality of listening. When you spoke with Sister Thomas, you felt deeply listened to. And that, I think, arose from two things in the rule, at least. The first word of the rule is listen. (laughs) Uh, Listen with the ear of your heart. We should listen to each other with the ear of our hearts. Uh, Rather than, uh, she said oftentimes, in modern society, we don't listen, we reload. (laughs) <laughs> Meaning that mm. while other people are talking, we're just reloading. Oh, yeah. We're, we're not really listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because our conversations are disputes. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and she was very good at listening. Uh, but also, the, the other part of the rule that arises there is the principle that all should be received as Christ. That Christ is the stranger uh, whom we're meant to be looking for all the time. We're waiting for him every day to come into our lives. And she said at university, that's the student. Mm -hmm. And so we're searching constantly for the Lord 
in the students who are entrusted to our care. And of course, if, if that's your outlook, if that's your way of being, and it certainly was for Sister Thomas, if that's your way of being, your manner of living, uh, then those who come into your orbit of influence, who meet you, are going to be deeply moved in that way. I will say this, you know, um, she was known for all those things, for being a woman of hospitality, a woman of listening, a woman of humility, as we've said before, uh, a woman of great depth, of servant leadership. Uh, her final days uh, were, were kind of an epic event here on our campus. Uh, she had struggled for many years with kidney disease and had a, had a couple of kidney transplants, but in the end, it was cancer of the kidney that took her from us, and she uh, received her diagnosis only in early June and was, was gone from us, from this world, just a couple of weeks later. Uh, but but it, at the very end, uh, when it was clear that she was dying, uh, she was still very lucid of mind. Each of the sisters came into her room, and she had something beautiful to say to each of them. Even at the end of her life, she was still... Uh, blessing them, complimenting them, telling them how beautiful they were to her and what a difference that uh, they had made in her life. Hmm. And then at the very end, as she was coming just in and out of consciousness, um, as her sisters were standing around her bed, she would begin to say things like, it's so beautiful. Then she would look at them and she would say, and you're gorgeous. <laughs> and so uh, there was a sense in which um, it, it was very beautiful to know uh, that a woman who had lived such a, a great life and who had taught those of us who knew her personally so much about how to live also gave us a testimony at the end of her life in terms of how to say goodbye and how to die. Uh, in other words, uh, her, her dying itself was the culmination of a life of self-gift. She was giving to the very end, to the last drop. Would that each of us, I mean, how, how much do we have to pray to St. Joseph in order, <laughs> in order to be gifted with a death which is so holy, to yeah. be surrounded by those you've loved and lived your life with, uh, to be able uh, to speak to them tender words of encouragement and give blessings to the very end of your life, uh, and then to experience the beauty of life on this earth, even as uh, the beauty of the world to come is breaking forth within you and for you. That's something that each of us uh, could really desire with all our hearts. We should pray for that. <laughs> so we will just take five minutes of silence now <laughs> to try to rest with what, <laughs> what has just been laid before us. And we'll be back at uh, 10.30 with our next guest. No, but Sita, this is, this is beautiful reflection. Uh, thank you on the, on the life and death, the holy death of Sister Thomas Welder. Uh, in, in the last few minutes that we have, and it's not enough time to, to do this, but uh, she uh, finishes her tenure, uh, and you you come on as president uh, back in 2009 into 2010, um, and you're 34 years old at the time, yeah. and um, a, pr a priest for a couple years, uh, young, um, uh, energetic, uh, lots of ideas. Uh, I'm not trying to paint a crazy caricature, but like you have a lot of vision. Uh, you, you've been, a, you've, you've gone to study in Rome, and you're working in the diocese. These different things, and then you're asked to be the president of the University of Mary, where Sister Thomas Welder, who uh, you probably are both very similar in a lot of ways, 
uh, but you're also possibly very different in a lot of ways. Uh, and I don't, I'm not trying to say that that's the case. I'm just guessing it's probably the case. Uh, so in what ways uh, did, did she influence you? Or, or in what ways was her, the way that she carried herself, um, transferred to you or a light onto your path or open question in this in this way how did how did she impact you yeah so what's interesting is before i became president i was sent out to harvard uh because they have uh, a graduate seminar there on how to be a university president hmm. of course it was a bizarre experience for me because i was out there with people who were sort of at the pinnacle of their academic careers uh, you know, most of them in their early 60s, and I was 34. <laughs> and uh, so I was getting ready, and, and, and the one thing that everybody was insistent about out, out at Harvard, where evidently they, they know things, or they're supposed to, uh, is that if your predecessor is anywhere near the university, you have to address that problem, and you have to address it right away. Sure. Uh, put him or her on a, on a like, five-year cruise around the world. Never let them near any of the operations of the university. You have to create a, a clear, bright line between you and the person who came in front of you. Otherwise, it's going to be mayhem. Of course, uh, even if I'd wanted to take that advice, I wouldn't have been able to because Sister's a member of our founding community and the Sisters all live right here on, on campus in the monastery. <laughs> Ain't gonna uh, happen. But, but actually, what happened is that she moved one office over and for many years, uh, she and I uh, shared a wall inside of this administration building at the University of Mary. She was right next door and she was never, even for one minute, an imposition upon my leadership. The opposite, in fact, was true. Sister Thomas was a beautiful, stabilizing force in the life of the university. She made sure that, that I had a clear sense of the continuity of the traditions of the university, uh, the things that I needed to respect, the things uh, that, that could or should be changed or altered in some way. Uh, she was always a listening ear if I needed it. And she was willing to do anything. I remember one time we needed somebody to teach a course on St. Benedict at our campus in Rome. And I went and I said, hey, Sister, I'm so embarrassed to ask you this. Could I send you to Rome for, for a few months? I need some help. And she was like, absolutely, I'll yeah. do it. And so Sister Thomas was just, it, it, for, for me, of course, she cast a great shadow. But in her shadow, for me, it was all light. Um, and so I, I can't be more grateful. And I'm not just saying this. I can't be more grateful uh, that I should have followed a person who was so gracious to the, to the, to the, from the top of her head to the tips of her toes. She was just uh, an exemplar of graciousness, of, of joy, of love, and of, she was just a great example in so many ways. And so uh, she had a profound influence upon my own leadership. Uh, and I'm still who I am, uh, but who I am, of course, has been deeply enriched yes. by the fact that Sister Thomas has been at my side for these 10 years. Yeah. And I'll miss her a lot. I'm not the only one, but I'll miss her very much. Yeah. Well, uh, Monsignor, thank you. We're out of time here. Um, but maybe just to say something, uh, you had mentioned it. Maybe I shouldn't say there's been some gifts given uh, in honor of Sister Thomas. Uh, you mentioned at our corporate faculty yesterday. I'm not going to say it because yeah. maybe that's not public or maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, incredible signs of love sure. and affection. Yeah, no. So if people want to learn more about Sister Thomas, mm -hmm. they can go to umary.edu backslash Sister Thomas. We've got a beautiful video there. Mm -hmm. Also, the videos of her funeral mm -hmm. uh, are posted there as mm -hmm. well. Biographical information. And then there's, there's a place where people have been making 
contributions to the Sister Thomas uh, Welder Scholarship. And we have had a couple of very large gifts uh, that have been given uh, in honor of Sister Thomas. And we're going to use those in the coming months as a matching opportunity so that we can build and build this scholarship fund in honor of Sister Thomas. So more and more students can come to the University of Mary, receive a phenomenal Christian Catholic Benedictine education, and be trained in the principles of servant leadership and Benedictine hospitality. Great. Monsignor, thank you so much for being with us today. Great to be with you. God bless you. God bless you as well. Everybody stay here. Bishop Quinn of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, will be with us to talk about what's in his mind and heart. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live.